Hi, I'm Sebastian. I'm listening to the Bigfoot Club podcast. Hey guys, please go to our website at www.bigfootclubpodcast.com. Please check out our bios, please buy some merch, and you can listen to all our old episodes. Also, check us out on social media, on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. You can find us by typing Bigfoot Club number one. That's Bigfoot Club, the number one. Also, if you have any strange stories or if you just want to reach out to us, please email us at BigfootClub, the number one, at gmail.com. Also, check out Matt Knapp's Bigfoot Crossroads. He is on all platforms. Hey everybody, Robert Jesse Dominguez, Bigfoot Club, Season 4, Episode 17. I'm super excited today because I have, um, today I we have Sarah Bignall with Yowie Central Podcast. Sarah, hello. Hi Bob, how you doing? I'm good. <laughs> I just, it's good to talk to you. I'm super excited to have you on. I just want you to know that, you know, I, I reached out to you on May 17th of this year. And I was just cruising the internet. I just typed in Yowie podcast and then your, your podcast popped up. And so I've been listening to your podcast like nonstop. And like, I have like four or five friends that have podcasts, but I've been listening to yours mostly, but but I, I just want to say, I really love the concept of your, of your podcast. Cause it's like you have, you have Yowie's, which I've always been, you know, intrigued with and you have like paranormal stuff, UFOs, you have authors, you have uh, other cryptids that I've never heard of. And so I just find it very, very fascinating. Oh, yeah, it's it started out just as, you know, my main, uh, my main passion and my subject of interest was Yowie's, was the, the whole Bigfoot, hairy man, worldwide phenomena. But uh, what I realised as I started doing the show that I was being contacted by a lot of people who had all sorts of strange things happening out there. And it wasn't just... Um, Yowie Bigfoot related. There were, there's, as you said, there's paranormal stuff, there's UFOs, there's ghosts, there's spirits, there's time travel, there's other cryptid creatures. So there's Dogman and and a Goatman. I've had we've had two reports of a Goatman, um, as well as invisible beings, entities, uh, demons. You know all of that. And because I've always been interested in all of that stuff anyway, um, it's kind of just turned into uh, a podcast about all sorts of weird shit, really. <laughs> right. Oh, am I allowed to swear on your show? Absolutely, <laughs> absolutely. Say sh- you can say shit. <laughs> so Excellent. we're we're un- we're unrestricted. So we we talk like, constantly about that. So um, I, I've always I've been fascinated on how you got started as a podcast. Can you can you go into that a little bit? Yeah, sure. So I I'm a social worker by trade, and I have um, done some pretty heavy-duty, pointy-end social work jobs and uh, I needed a break. I needed a mental health break from that. And my, so I took, you know, maybe 12 months off or 18 months off and got myself back together and I really needed to do something but I didn't really want to go back to an office job. And a friend of mine who who did a, a show on the local radio station here in Castlemaine in Victoria in Australia. So for your listeners, I'm down in the southeast of Australia and in a little town called Castlemaine. 
and we have a local radio station called Maine FM. It's actually a really, really good radio station for such a small town. There's really quality, quality programs. And a friend of mine was already doing a show and her co-host was sick one day and she said, oh, Sarah, please come on my show and just co-host it with me and talk about anything. <laughs> and I was like, well, uh, the only thing that I, I'm obsessed with and have always been, well, for so many years, was Bigfoot and Yowie, so I can talk about that. And so I did, and at the end of the show, she said, oh, you've so got to do a show on that subject. That's a really interesting subject. And, and I thought, well, okay, I'll, I'll, I'll give it a go. I don't know anything about radio. I don't know anything about hosting a show, but um, they gave me a little bit of, of training, and uh, it was pretty minimal, a few hours of how to work the, the, the panel and, and uh, where to set all your volume levels and all that sort of stuff. Um, and then it just it just grew from there. And, it, and of course, like any show, you, you start off a show and you don't have any guests and you've got no one coming on your show and only a couple of listeners. And um, But but it's it's grown in, in two and a half years. It's It's grown uh, into this fantastic show where I'm, I'm getting really good feedback from a lot of people and I'm, I'm now able to invite other guests on the show and I'm getting witnesses contacting me all the time um, for to share their stories. Mm-hmm. So it started off just as a bit of a, eh, let's, let's, something to do. But I also realised at the same time as I was doing the show, I started working with Australian Yowie Research as their as a witness interviewer. And so I, I, now I'm, I'm the main interviewer for Australian Yowie Research. They're the biggest, most renowned organisation in Australia. Uh, in fact, on the, in the world on Yowie, specifically Australian Bigfoot. Um, and I realised with my social worker cap on that all of these people contacting us with their stories were actually really traumatised and, and really needing psychological first aid and really needing support. Uh, so the show, my show, Yowie Central, then started, I started realising how important it was to other people and I, I started getting people telling me, thank you so much. Thanks so much for sharing the stories that you've been sharing because it's made me feel like I'm not crazy because I had an experience and so it's made me feel I'm not crazy and I'm not, um, you know, yours, you're, you're a safe place now to talk about these things without ridicule. And I've realised, I've come to realise that it's it's part of my mission now is to destigmatize this this subject let's talk about it let's let's welcome with open arms these people who've had these horribly traumatic frightening experiences most of the time and who can't tell anybody because they're all they're afraid of and for good reason they're afraid of being ridiculed and uh, by family and friends as well as strangers so yeah it's it's turned into this lovely show uh, and a lovely community of listeners and uh yeah, that's how it started. You know, I was just going to say that I, I think part of the reason why I've, I gravitate to you and your show because I I'm I'm similar that way because I I started off with uh, the TBRC Texas Bigfoot Research Center in Texas, and I was I was first into like just you know documenting and and try to prove that uh, you know Bigfoot exists and stuff. And after a while, I was interviewing people and I was talking to people, and like a lot of the people that I was talking to 
they had they didn't have a conduit or an avenue to go to. They didn't they didn't like the, like their spouse or their family or the you know local uh, authorities didn't believe them. So I was like their last conduit to talk to, and so I kind of gravitated toward that. And so I think that's probably why I really enjoy your show because you know without you telling me that you were a social worker. I mean, I sense that from you whenever you do talk to people and talk about their eyewitness um, sightings and stuff like that. So I just wanted to say that. Yeah, yeah. It's it's something that, that became really apparent to me. Um, and you can hear people talk about events that happened. It might have happened a couple of months ago, but it might also have happened 20 years ago or 30 years ago. And their voice still shakes. You can still hear the fear the residual fear in their voices and to have a situation where you see what you've been taught to believe since your childhood was a monster. If you see a monster, a real one in real life, apart from possibly peeing your pants and, and, and you know, and, and I'm not joking about that. I mean, right. people do, you know. You're so frightened, you, you might think you're going to die, you might have just seen something that has completely blown everything you believe in to smithereens, to, to not have anyone then to be able to share that with and to get that off your chest, it, it, can, really, um, it can really eat people up inside. And, and I, I think there's, there's definitely a need for people like you and I out there who can be there for these people. Yeah, I, I, I totally agree. Um, you know, I was just going to say that I, I, I know I've interviewed a guy that, you know, he came to me and he knew I was into Bigfoot and he was a, he was a contractor of mine and he came to me and he was having these, these, uh, these night terrors in, uh, of this Bigfoot sighting he had like 20 years ago and he, he never talked to his wife, never, he never talked to his, his kids about it and he would have these, these, these nightmares. And so I talked to him. I think we talked like four or five times. And I, I had to, I, I was telling him that, you know, why he saw this Bigfoot and the, the theory that I had. And I was telling him, I said, uh, you probably, you know, you're probably between him and, and some food. And that was the only thing that he, he wanted you out of that area. And so he didn't even realize that, that this thing had a family, had, had, you know, had like, you know, um, offspring and stuff. And so he was providing for them. And so he never thought about that and he stopped having these nightmares. So I, I totally agree with you on that. So there's some people who seem like the Yowies and the Bigfoots and they're, they're just not prepared to deal with it. So, yeah, especially if you have a, um, a, a strong religious background mm -hmm. that, that teaches you that these kinds of beings are demons or, or, or related to the devil or evil. Sadly, that, that, that's what a lot of us are taught. Um, so it's it's even more it's even more traumatic when when you potentially misinterpreting this being as a devil or a demon and something that's going to kill you or, or eat you. I'm I'm not convinced that they're out to get you. I know some people are, but but they show themselves to so many people, and they could so easily uh, kill people, but they don't seem to do that very often. Um, in fact, there's only one person I know that I've, and I've spoken to a couple of hundred people now who've seen these creatures, these beings. Actually, I try to call them beings now. I, I out of respect I like and trying to and trying to reframe this. They're, they're I've come to understand that they're more closely related to us 
and they're more they're more a people than an animal. So um, I'm I'm also in a way, I guess, trying to change the conversation about them, um, and and not and not call them um, animals and not call them monsters and not call, not think they're just this wild beast in the forest that will that will that wants to eat you or that, that your food. <laughs> um, I I think that there's there's it's becoming apparent to me that there's way more complexity in this issue than, than a simple missing link, missing ape, ape-like creature that's, that's wandering around the forest. Um, yeah, I, I think there's, there's more to it than that. So, uh, you know, the more, we, the more we can talk about it and the more we can be there for, for people who were really scared and, and need someone to share it with, I think the better. Yeah, I always I always call them locals because I I say that they they've been they've been around here a lot longer than we have so so I, yes. that's what I yeah. call them the uh, locals yeah. so, so absolutely I call them the Yowie people <laughs> um, so and you know you do get you could you do get funny looks from from people who are very much that they're they're just an animal they're a beast yeah. of the forest and uh, they're just flesh and blood and. Um, you know, you get funny looks when you talk about interdimensional <laughs> travel. And uh, but the thing is, I've I've had people report to me beings that disappear in front of their face, that fade out into nothing, um, beings that are there one moment and gone the next, beings that can move through the the bush silently, um, that can, um, you know. So when you when you get lots of people t- telling you about strange um maybe if you want to use the term paranormal uh, abilities that these beings have um then it it becomes uh a subject that's way more it's it's about way more than just a an undiscovered beast of the forest yeah i i totally agree i you know because I, I i with you know my background i've i've done uh bigfoot stuff for 20 years and i've done i was a case director for a paranormal group for 10 so i'm kind of like in both i've kind of done both and so mm-hmm. and i i at the more i've done it now the more i kind of kind of think that they're kind of intertwined a little bit you know like because I was taught, like in the old school, whenever I first got into Bigfoot, like this was like in the late nineties, that this was flesh and blood, and that's it. And then I, and then I got to talk. You know, once I left the uh, Bigfoot group, I went and started doing stuff on my own. Started talking to different people, you know, Native American people. And the more I talked to people, the more I started just like like to think that, you know, this thing, you know, there's there's stories behind you know it disappearing or like orbs around them whenever they show up or it's just like yes. different things so you know you're never gonna i never get seem i seem to get like the basic you know eyewitness report saying you know yeah i saw a cross road and but i i always get something strange uh like i, I don't know this one guy told me that he said whenever he saw this bigfoot like jump into the woods he said the the woods swallowed him up and he was gone and so that yeah. always, that always stuck with me for the longest time, and I just wanted to say that. So, yeah, absolutely. I've had people say that they were looking that there was a, a yowie a few meters away from them, looking them straight in the face. They stepped back a couple of feet into the first couple of trees in the tree line, and then disappeared. Right, like there was no if it, if it was a deer or if it was another animal, you can see it making its way off. 
but I've had reported now way too many times people say that these these beings just disappeared, they vanished. Um, so I, you, I, if, you, if you hang on to that, they're only flesh and blood, I think you're missing out on part of the story. Yes. And you might, not, you might not never have your questions answered if you're only narrowing it down to the, the flesh and blood missing ape. Um, I, I just think, yeah. And the, the thing is, I'm, I've been, I've always loved the idea of magic, of, um, of otherworldly things anyway. So it could, very, it could very well be that because I'm fascinated in all the other stuff as well, it, mm. could, it could well be that that's influencing how I look on, look on these beings. But, um, I, I, you know, you, you spend some time talking to the Aboriginal elders, our, our original Australians, all of the Aboriginal cultures around the country have stories in their law about these beings. And according to them, they are interdimensional beings. They, they're sometimes here, they're sometimes not. Um, they, they're, they're not just plain flesh and blood animal like you and I. Uh, there's, what, there's way more to it. And all of them have these stories going back millennia. So I've, I kind of give a little bit more weight to those stories uh, than, than just the flesh and blood argument. I know. There are people who disagree, but that's okay. Yeah, I, I, I was going to say that I, I know I've talked to a lot of the Caddo Indians. Caddo and Choctaw Indians are uh, mostly like in East Texas where I go do most of my uh, Bigfoot stuff. And whenever I do talk to them, they – they also believe that also that they're they're part of the earth and they're you know the white man's never going to catch them all this stuff and you know they just they can morph into anything they want to and so I've I've always got that and I understand it more now so I mean that's that's always been fascinating to me too I've always you know been intrigued with it and uh, I don't know it's it's had its hooks in me for like the longest time so yeah I can relate to that it's had its hooks in me since I was a little girl. Um, I remember seeing the Patterson Gimlin footage as a young girl, and I have been hooked on this subject since then. Um, it's just, and it becomes even more fascinating. Every person I talk to adds something, adds something to this incredible story. And I've all, but I've gotten to the point where I don't actually, I'm not in the business now of trying to convince anybody. You know, I'm the same way. I'm the same way too. I don't, I don't do that anymore either. So. Uh, oh, I it, can't be bothered. I'm not wasting my time. I'm, yeah. I'd much rather give my time and energy to people who've seen them, people who've experienced them, um, and and I'm about I'm about providing that support, but also documenting what's what people are seeing out there mm. and sharing sharing that documentation so that everybody can access it. And that's what that's the work that I do for Australian Yowie Research, is that I interview witnesses. We we document that in a public database. There are over a thousand reports that we have going back many, many years um, in that database that everybody can access. So that's part of that's that's a big part of what I do too is, is just documenting rather than convincing anybody of anything. Um, that's Dean Harrison, right? That runs Australia. Yeah, that's know? right. Yeah, yeah. Um, I was going to say. Um, is Yahweh Central podcast? Is it the unofficial podcast for Australian Yahweh research? So. <laughs> well, kind of, sort of. So. Um, well, not really. Like, not. It's not under the AYR banner. Okay. But, um, and and I do get a lot of exclusive Dean interviews for the show. So um, when when I first started 
doing the show. He was one of the first people that I asked to um, to be a guest on my show. And I called him on a good day because usually he would say no. He doesn't like being interviewed. He doesn't really enjoy. Mm-hmm. He'd never said yes to a podcast. Um, and because it was a little radio show at the time, it was a little volunteer radio show, and um, I, he said yes. So I we hit it off straight away. And... and, and um, when I not long after that interview, um, we got a report. He got a report in from a, a woman who'd seen a yaoi looking in through her bathroom window, um, not, not too far away from me, like about a half an hour drive from me. So when I, when he said, "Oh, we've just got a report in from down your way," and I said, "Oh, can I go and can I go and interview her for you? I'd love to go and check it out." And uh, he. Um, he let me do that, which was cool. And I, I, I did a first interview and I used my, my, just my iPhone and the quality of recording was terrible. So, um, I actually asked her to come and do it again at the radio studio and, uh, and she very kindly agreed to do that. So, so I did it, I did it an okay job in that first one. And then he started giving me other interviews to do because he doesn't actually enjoy doing those either. Um, he's not a people. He's not a people person. So, um, so because I love doing it, and uh, and he doesn't, um, and he taught me how to do it well. Um, now I'm I'm the official interviewer, and Yowie Central is kind of. Um, I get a lot of interviews with Dean when no when nobody else will get them. So so in a way, I guess it is. I guess it is the unofficial OIR. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, talking about talk about synchronicity at its finest. That's I mean that that was meant to be. It clearly was. I kind of I pinched myself, you know, because uh, this was I'm doing what I I have a, a, a sort of a career now. I mean, it's not a big money earner, as you would know, right? Um, but it is my passion and my career. Um, it's and and I'm doing my dream job. This is I, I could not think of anything else I would rather be doing than. Talking, thinking, yeah, he's Bigfoot all day, every day, and I'm talking to people, and I and I get to, I get to interact with the most interesting, lovely people from all over the country and overseas, you know. So, it 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 sort of it was meant to happen, and the more I worked out, oh my God, there's actually really traumatized people out there mm-hmm. who really need help. It made me realize even more that oh, okay. This was meant to happen. I have, I've got all these. I've got all these skills of working with victims of crime and working with, um, you know, people who've who've really suffered and and significant trauma. I've got all those that training and those skills. Um, I can't. I don't want to go back to social work. But there's this. All of a sudden, there's this thing that combines my my love and passion for this particular subject and all of my skills. Um, and I'm I'm working with Australian Yowie Research, which is the, you know, the the number one organisation in the country. So, it's pretty damn cool, I have to say. It, it is <laughs> pretty I, damn I'm, cool. I'm I would I would say this. I'm a little jelly, but that's okay. <laughs> <laughs> but it, but it's okay. But it's not earning any money though. I, but I you only, know, that's I only sorry. I just I just pressed monetize on my podcast two weeks ago. Oh, um, did you I've really? Been doing it for. Yeah, I've been doing it for two and a half weeks. Sorry, two and a half years. The podcast. Um, I've never charged any money for it, and I finally pressed monetize on my um, on Buzzsprout, which I use to post it to Spotify and right. Apple Podcasts and all the other platforms. 
Um, but I, 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 I listened to the show that I put out yesterday. I did listen to it for the first time using Spotify and I heard the ads in it and I thought, oh, God, these ads are annoying. I wish I didn't have to monetize it. <laughs> the ads are really annoying. I, I, haven't, I haven't got to that point yet. I'm almost, I think I'm, I'm pretty close to doing the Patreon. Uh, so I'm, yeah. I'm not sure. I got I to gotta talk to someone else who's done it before. So I don't, I don't I don't know where I'm going with that, but I'm, you know, I, I, in this podcast, it's, it's gaining some traction. So I'm, I'm pretty excited about that. And, but, you know, I really love your show. I mean, I love the concept. I love the, I, I love that song. The very, you know, I'm sure you probably hear that a lot, right? Oh my God, I do. But it is so good. I totally understand. Um, that song is written by the genius that is Harry Grip. He's an American guy. And uh, he was so lovely and generous. I wrote to him um, a couple of years back when I first started the show and I, I asked, asked him if I could use his song as my theme song for what was at that stage just a little volunteer radio show. I could all for free, you know, nothing, and was only being heard by my local community here in, in, in this little town. So... Um, he wrote back straight away and said, "Yeah, sure, go for it. You can use it. No, no drama whatsoever." <laughs> and then when when I a little while back, and and everybody comments on that, what a cool song it is. And then um, a little while back, maybe six months or so ago, I was starting to think of, okay, I'd like to monetize this at some stage, maybe earn a little bit of money that will keep the, you know, keep the bills getting paid and. Um, Keep help you know audio equipment's expensive and and as you would know microphones and mixers and programs and all of that. Um, I wrote I wrote to him again. I said, look, I'm I am about to monetize it. Can I can I buy the rights to to the song or can I pay you somehow? And he was like, oh no. He said nobody likes that song anyway. <laughs> he said you can have it. He's such no, a good sport. He's such a good He's sport. He's such a good sport. Such a kind man. He could quite <laughs> easily have. He could quite easily have said, "No, you'd have to pay me something," which would be completely understandable. Right. Um, and but no, he he he's really been very generous and allowed me to to use the the song as my theme song. So, um, so yeah, I did send him a couple of um, Yowie Central trucker caps. As, oh, a, nice. as a thank you, which I hope he's wearing with pride. <laughs> nice. Um, I did want to tell you a story. Uh, this is going to probably like date me just a little bit. Um, <laughs> back in the, back in the nineties, I was um, I was on I was on these websites. There were uh, I think this was bef- like before Facebook, before Instagram, before like MySpace. This was. Uh, it was GeoCities, and I was on a couple of Bigfoot things, uh, Bigfoot uh, groups on that, and then I think eventually I think Yahoo bought GeoCities, and it became eGroups. And I was in I was in an Australian group with I was being run by Rex Gilroy, oh, and Rex Gilroy, yeah. and I would email him from time to time, and he would email me back, and this was like ninety nine two thousand. And he would email me back and we would like trade stories and stuff. And I really, really enjoyed like, you know, conversating with him. He's certainly legendary in that he was one of the first people to be researching this subject and publicizing stuff in Australia about this mm-hmm. um, and publishing, I should, should say, as well. Because uh, I'm, I'm, I'm kind of into like, you know, just helping people and just not, you know, not being, you know, I don't really care about famous. I just want to help people. That's how, no, that's, exactly. that's why, that's why I got into it. And there's some people that's not very good. And 
Because like I I I can tell you like here like, here like in the states the some of the groups are really really clicky. I don't know if, if you ever use that that term in Australia. Yeah, yeah, we use that term too. Okay, yeah. it's like they're real yeah. clicky, and if like you don't if you don't subscribe to their stuff, they don't want to talk to you, or you're not cool or something. And you know, I I've been I've been doing Bigfoot research since like the '90s, and so I there's a lot of people I I know a lot of people, and I've talked to a lot of people, and I've you know communicated and networked and stuff, and so there's some people that I really really like, and there's some people I say, oh, you know what, they're they're kind of weird, and but yeah, you know, yes. but but if yeah. they ask me for help, I'm I I would help them if they ask me, hey, do you know anybody in this area? I go, yeah, I have a couple of people, and I can network something and. But I, I always try to get people covered, you know, try to make sure that they, they have like a, a researcher that's good enough to go out there and talk to them and stuff. So, Yeah, what I find is that there's um, there's quite a few, there's a lot of egos involved. Probably It's probably the same over in the States too. Mm. Uh, but there are some people who are in this just for, you know, whatever whatever fame and glory they can find. Um, and and to get, you know, the money shot, like to get a photo of Bigfoot and to be famous around the world for getting, you know, the footage. Um, but that's really their only motivation. Mm. Um, and I really worry about, I really worry about genuine witnesses who are deeply traumatised reporting their sighting to someone who really doesn't care much about their welfare but is just interested in... Um, you know, interested in being famous. Um, so I, yeah, there's a, there's probably it's probably very similar over there to here. There's that in, in that there are a few strange personalities who who aren't in it for for good reasons. Yeah, personality clashes. Yeah, I, that's I, the same everywhere. I was gonna I was gonna ask. There's um. Do you mind answering some questions? I had some people send me some questions in. Yeah, sure. Go. I'll, I'll, um, give, I'll do my. I'll do my best. <laughs> okay, uh, Terry Kegel. Uh, this was on Instagram. Terry Kegel does. He does Porch Matters podcasts out of Alabama, and he writes, uh, "What is the scariest encounter you have heard?" Oh, there's a, there's a few. Um, gosh, there's 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 quite a few, but I can tell you, I can tell you the story of the probably the one that most people comment about as being the scariest. And that was a um, uh, something It happened 10 years ago, but I, I interviewed the, the woman who reported it uh, about two years ago. And it was at a, at a place called Hickey's Falls in New South Wales, which is, um, oh, if you're looking at a map of Australia, it's on the eastern, eastern part of Australia, but it's sort of central eastern. Um, and it's... Hickey's Falls is at the bottom of uh, the beginning of a state forest area that's renowned for Bigfoot sightings, Yowie sightings, and, and other strange paranormal phenomena. Lots and lots of reports from that particular area. And this woman had stopped at Hickey's Falls, and I've, I've been there. Um, it's a truck stop off the main freeway, and... There's a, there's a creek that has the most beautiful waterfall. It's a big rock kind of amphitheater and it has this gorgeous waterfall and there's beautiful pools of water at the bottom and it's, a, it's quite a spectacular little spot but has kind of a, a creepy vibe to it, maybe because I knew what this woman had been through there, but it, it's, it's a little bit creepy. 
Um, so this lady, it's summertime, she's stopped off with the kids. She's got her 13-year-old with one of her little friends and her 7-year-old son in the car with her. They pull up in the car park, jump out of the car, and, and the two girls have, have run off to clamber over the rocks and to get into the water. And there's sort of one of those rock pools is slightly out of sight from the car park. What, they, what, she, what the mother notices when she's there is that there's a car there in the car park that has all the doors open as though someone had jumped out of the car and not closed the doors, which is kind of strange. And then she notices that she can hear the sound of a little child crying and she's automatically going, oh, God, like, she's a mother, so she's thinking, oh, my God, there's a baby in trouble. Where? And she couldn't work out where the sound was coming from and then it stopped. And so she was a little bit creeped out and she said she had, she had a really bad feeling of dread and that there was something wrong that day, uh, really quite a, a strong feeling. But the two girls had run off to, the, to swimming and so she was like, okay, well, grab your little boy and they're climbing over the rocks to get to the far rock pool. And all of a sudden um, there's this bellowing roar like... Uh, she said it was like a bear, like a lion, but a thousand times bigger and louder. And she had no idea what it was. And then she hears this stomp, 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 and hears some trees being broken and and has no idea what this is. And the two girls who are in the swimming pool look at mum, start screaming as well. And she was suddenly so frightened, she ran back to the car, threw her little seven-year-old over her shoulder and ran and got the, the two girls were running with her, threw them in the car. But just before they got to the car, she could see something making its way down the trail from the top of above that waterfall. Or th- there's a trail that comes down to the car park. And so she could see something pushing trees out of the way and snapping them like they were toothpicks on the way down. Stomp, stomp, stomp. So she's terrified. The kids are screaming, she's screaming, they jump in the car um, and she could, just as she was pulling out, she saw this yowie, enormous yowie sort of just start to emerge from the trees. She speeds off, but just as she's about to pull out of the car park, a police officer pulls in and he sort of flagged them down and he said, are you okay? You're, you're <laughs> veering all over the road. And, and she said, don't go down there. Don't go down there. I just don't go down there and sped off. She said, I couldn't even wait for the policeman. I was so frightened. And the car was full of this putrid smell, this stench that she was, she was actually finding it hard not to vomit and, and concentrate on driving. So, um, a couple of kilometres down the road, she pulls over to get the kids into their seat belts, and um, as she's doing that, the policeman who'd stopped them comes flying by on the road, and the kids turned around to her and said, "Mum, did you see his face? He's, he was—he he looked terrified." And a little bit later on, maybe a few months later, they were at home and. They're watching something like Finding Bigfoot or something like that comes on the TV. And her little boy said to his mother, oh, Mum, that's what I saw that day. That day at Hickey's Falls, that's what I saw. 
and there was an image of a Bigfoot on the screen. And he'd, he said, when you threw me over your shoulder, I, could, I was looking back and I could see at the top of the waterfall this thing step out from behind the tree and it was enormous and they estimated it, they've worked out the, the height of that rock and they've estimated it to be 9 to 10 foot tall um, and roaring with its mouth open. And then even when the sound of the roar stopped, the little boy said he still had his mouth open even though there was no sound coming out. Um, so <laughs> she she rang the police at, at the nearest police station, made inquiries about that police officer. Apparently he quit the police. He came back, shaken up, quit the police force after that. We haven't been able to track him down. Wow. Um, yeah, yeah. Um, so, yeah, it, it was one of the most terrifying experiences and the way she she was so articulate and the way she she told that story uh was amazing so that that's one of the scariest stories um but look <laughs> have you got a few hours because i could tell you a few more <laughs> there's lots more i mean that 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 one kind of it kind of resonates to me about baby infrasound maybe because yes. like they were they were like frightened beyond and um uh, unreasonably so like uh, there was no no nothing to be afraid of when she got there so right. that's exactly what we were thinking when the little boy says he saw the mouth open but couldn't at that stage couldn't hear the roar that that the yowie was emitting infrasound to make them feel so unwell so uneasy so frightened that they would get out of there we actually thought perhaps that the sound of the little child crying might have been a baby bigfoot and they were swimming at the water hole and drinking and having a bit of fun. And then this human arrives with her kids and they were really annoyed that that they'd spoilt their, their, their time at the water hole and got really angry. That makes um, that makes that, total sense. That makes total sense. Yeah, that was our but we don't know what happened to the people who'd abandoned the car. I don't know what happened to them. I haven't had time to to uh to research, and I've had lots of people ask me, "Oh, so what happened to the police officer?" And yeah, I haven't done any research. One, because I know what the uh, as a social worker, I did work in in a police station for a while, and I know what they're like. There's no way that if I rang asking about a particular police officer who was no longer with the force, and there's no way they're going to give me any information about him. Right. So. For privacy laws, for a start, like they're not allowed to, but even if they were allowed to or they wanted to give me off the record, they, they wouldn't do it. So I haven't, I haven't done any further research into what happened to that particular police officer. You know, being in Bigfoot and being in the paranormal, you know, being in paranormal, you kind of, you kind of go off EMF a lot. You go off EMF uh, because that's the theory of, you know, ghosts being manifest. It's Yes, that yes. and I, I've talked to people who I've been, you know, I've investigated people that you know their home, and they they've told me, hey, I feel sick whenever this is going off. And I go, well, it's a strong EMF. And then I would interview people like Bigfoot stuff, and they would say, yeah, you know, I felt really sick whenever I, I saw this. I had this eyewitness report. I go, really? And so, infrasound EMF. I always thought, you know, because I I did a show once, and someone had mentioned that. I said, man, that makes total sense. EMF infrasound it's almost like the same thing you almost have the same characteristics you know you you know people you know everybody's different everybody either you know gets nauseated or you know they throw up or they get dizzy or they hallucinate or whatever 
so I've always thought it, it you know, because like now when I go back and talk to people, I always ask them that question whenever they see a Bigfoot. Were you sick or did you did you feel sick at all? Or did you know how did you feel? You know, and and I you know I'm amazed on how many people I've gone back and inter- like re interviewed and say, yeah, I did feel sick. I, I felt you know like sick to my stomach. And so I've always the interesting find- things. I, I'm always interested in because that happens here too, and that's one of the most common things reported is a feeling of uh, unease and or nausea. Um, but unease and dread is a, or feeling suddenly like your life is in danger, but you mm-hmm. don't really know why. Um, it's a really common thing to, to that's reported to us. But I, what someone reported to me the other day um, of a very strange creature that that had wasn't. We're not hundred percent sure if it was a yowie. It, it was on all fours, um, but it had. He was able to see its back legs, and they were quite short and backwards facing mm. so backward facing knee so but not a not kind of like a dog man because it didn't have a canine head either it had a, a strange small head that, that and no neck um hairy all over but um a little boy it was a father and a son 10 year old boy he felt like his tummy was all funny like he said I felt it in my tummy everything was rumbling everything was jiggling it didn't feel everything was vibrating um but the father who was there didn't feel didn't didn't have such a strong reaction as as his boy so I it makes me wonder whether they can direct that infrasound at one particular person or can they change the frequency slightly so it either makes them sick or it makes them sleepy or it makes them just simply be afraid um I, i'm 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 i don't know yet why some people report certain reactions and other people who were there at the same time don't re, don't report exactly the same reaction that's it's an interesting i was going to say that i know I've li- when i've listened to your show there's been a couple guests around there that were talking about frequencies and mm-hmm. they, were, they were talking about that i wish i can recall their names but um so, like, the question I had for you was, do you think, like, some people have a different frequency, that's why they see a Yowie, and other people's don't, and, like, other people don't? Maybe. I don't have an answer to that question. I wish I did. Um, uh, you know, I was listening to another podcast the other day. It was an American one, and I can't remember the name of it right now. Uh, Bigfoot, Michigan, maybe. Uh, Rob's Bigfoot, Michigan. Yeah, Michigan Rob. Yeah, yeah, like Rob. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, some one of my listeners sent me an episode and said you'll find this really interesting. But they were talking about um, frequencies and um, and how maybe Bigfoot Yowie have this ability to raise their frequency so that they can dis- so that they do disappear. Um, but but they they were discussing on that podcast how to why some people see them and why some people don't. Um, and it sort of, it doesn't always make sense. Like I've spoken to witnesses who have, um, who are really pure individuals. They're really kind hearted, gentle people, um, maybe quite open spiritually. Um, quite a lot of the witnesses I speak to also see UFOs and ghosts and, and other things as well, but not always. I've also spoken to people who are, would be the opposite of that quite narrow-minded, good, close-minded, 
Um, maybe people who are carrying around a lot of anger, maybe people who are kind of negative people um, for whatever reason. But I, I don't know whether it has to... I, I'm not convinced that it has anything to do with the vibration of that particular person because it seems people, the witnesses seem to be such a varied bunch of people from such different backgrounds. Um, I'm not sure. I don't know. But then what can explain the, the, you know, the roadside sightings? People just driving down the road mm-hmm. who got no interest in Bigfoot whatsoever, um, never heard of them, you know, not even, not expressed any interest in them before, never researched, never listened to anything. And then all of a sudden there's one on the side of the road as they drive past. Um, they're not spiritual people. They're not, uh, you know, I, I I don't know. To go back to your original question, <laughs> I don't have an answer to that question. <laughs> that right. was a long answer. For no, no, that's fine. Answer. That's that's that because I, I know you talk about that on your show. So I wanted to. Um, yeah, I'm just I'm not I don't have I don't have enough evidence yet to give you an answer for that. It makes it has more questions than you know than answers. So absolutely. So yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Matt Knapp with Bigfoot Crossroads, he's a good friend of mine. He had a question for you. Uh, are they are they any reports of Yowies being shot or killed? Uh, yeah, there are. Um, I interviewed a guy who, just off the top of my head, I can. Uh, there's one guy who who shot one, but it was with a small twenty two rifle. It wasn't a big rifle. And he, he really regrets shooting now, but he was frightened um, and thought his life was at risk. But he said, he said, and he's a hunter. He's lives on the. He's a farmer. Um, knows his rifles. Knows knew he'd shot it. Heard heard the impact. Saw the impact with a little bit of hair and fluff. You know, come out of the impact spot. Hit it on the left shoulder. Um, he said it did not make any impact whatsoever it was running and it kept running and there was no blood there was no mess on the ground there was no, it didn't even phase it at all um so yeah there I, I also did hear recently a story of where actually where that that father and son had seen that really strange creature um there's a somebody commented in the, in the comments on my Facebook page about it and said they'd heard a story of a, a local farmer who'd shot one and buried it. And weirdly enough, I did hear from another local from the same area telling me the same story, that there's a, there's a, a story around that a local farmer shot one and killed one and buried it. Um, but I haven't, I, haven't, I haven't gone up there to investigate or, or interviewed any more people who can corroborate that yet, so I'm not sure. Um, so there are definitely reports of them being shot, shot and killed. I think there are there are actually a couple of historical stories, like articles from old, really old newspapers. Australia was settled by Europeans in the late seventeen hundreds, um, and we ha- we have yeah we reports going back to those early days. There are reports in what were the newspapers of the day. There are reports of hairy ape men, um, uh, reports of uh, uh, an ape man that maybe had a, a snout like a baboon. There's a couple of those. Um, and there are reports of them being shot and killed. Whether they're real or not, I don't know. I'm not convinced you can actually 
shoot and actually kill one. I wouldn't yeah. want. I wouldn't want to shoot one. That's just me. Oh no, God no! That would be. I'm, I'm so. <laughs> I'm so anti anyone wanting to go out and hunt these these beings. They're, I, they're, they're people. It's like going out and shooting a person. I, I totally agree with you. Um, mm. Matt, Matt has another question. He says, uh, "Do researchers find stick structures that attribute to the to the Yowie?" Yeah, all the time, uh, all the time. Particularly my my boys, my team up in the Australian Yowie research team up in Queensland, uh, find them uh, there. I've seen them because I was up there. I did a couple of trips up there a few couple of months ago, uh, and I've seen some of the the stick structures. I think they're there are markers for things and there are structures and there are tree breaks, twisted tree breaks and um, sticks being pushed into the ground. But, but two, they're pushed in. You can't seem to, we can't seem to replicate how these things are being pushed into the ground. Um, the stick is either too skinny or too, um, or too thick or the ground's too hard. We have no idea how they, they actually got these sticks into the ground in the first place. And there's no trees above, in some of these cases, there's no trees above them for, for it to have been, you know, somehow a branch or a stick breaking off a tree and spearing into the ground. Um, there's Some of them are natural, of course, but there's a lot of them, there's a lot of them that aren't. Uh, I actually spoke to someone just yesterday uh, who talked, he'd followed a trail for about three kilometres of sticks being pushed into the ground about 10, 10 centimeters um, each each stick was approximately the same depth pushed in um, uh, you know markers pointing towards water pointing towards humans pointing towards trails or game trails um, yeah the answer to that question is yes we find them all the time all right um, I, I know this answer but I'm gonna ask it anyway uh- <laughs> Does Australia have dogman reports? Yes. Yeah, we do. And we're getting them more and more, which is really strange. Um, we didn't get them. There aren't, there isn't much, or in fact, I'm unaware of any stories in Aboriginal law in our original Australians. Um, and I'm not an expert on this, so um, there could be out there stories that I'm unaware of. But as far as I'm aware, um, there are no stories about a canine-headed bipedal creature that's similar to the, the dog man. Um, there's yowies and there's little people, like little yowies. There's two separate entities that we have here. There's the big, tall yowies, which is your Bigfoot equivalent. Mm. We also have a small being, a small hairy being that isn't a, that isn't a juvenile Bigfoot. That's a separate being. Um, but we don't have stories of Bigfoot. Um, however, in the last, um, you know, 12 months, 18 months, we're getting in reports of, um, of a dogman-like creature. So I spoke to um, a lovely guy called John Kershaw who, who's, um, who actually managed to snap three photos of the head of a dogman. It had stalked him in the bush. He was kayaking on a river west of Sydney, um, kayaking, pulled, was, had pulled off the river for a rest, had felt something stalking him through the bush, started to get really frightened, snapped off a few shots over his shoulder but didn't look back, just was running at that stage, snapped off a couple of shots behind, um, over his shoulder, 
looked at the, got back to his kayak and paddled back out into the water so he wasn't quite as close to the forest as he, as he was. And then he had a look at his photos and he said his blood ran cold. He's, he's got three photos of a black being, creature, that has pointy ears at the top of its head and a long pointy nose. Now, he's been back to that same spot with a couple of other Bigfoot researchers. And, in fact, he went back with the, the, the makers of the documentary track that was an excellent documentary that came out um, last year sometime. Um, serious Bigfoot researchers, Yowie researchers. Um, and they worked out the exact spot where this being had to have been standing and the, the bank, the, the earth actually um, inclines and goes down a slope there. So they worked out that it would, would have had to have been 9 to 10 foot tall to have been able to be set to be seen above the bush that it was standing behind. Um, wow. Yeah, I can send you those those photos. Yeah. He's put it together. Yeah, yeah, I'm happy to send them to you. Please do, um, please do. Yeah, he's got a YouTube channel now out because he's, he's now hooked on the subject as well. So um, it's called Creepers, Creepers, Cryptid and Paranormal Corner. And you can find all of that footage on his YouTube channel as well. But um, I can, I'm happy to send you the photos. Absolutely. I, I would love to. Um, let me see here. Yeah. Um, another question we had, cause I, I, you know, I know this answer again too, but, uh, I'm going to ask it anyway, cause I, <laughs> you know, cause I listen to your show. I just want it for the, uh, Bigfoot club listeners. Is yeah. there, is there a government cover up with a Yowie? <laughs> I would, I would say yes. Um, I, uh, we know we've had, um, people from the military report to us. We've had people from the police report to us. Um, there are definitely, they definitely know about these creatures. Definitely, these beings, I should say. They definitely know about them. So you could then extrapolate from, from that that there is a cover-up because uh, there's, no, there's, no, there's no signs anywhere warning anybody about these, these beings. Uh, there's no public acknowledgement of their existence. Um, I think it's probably for similar reasons as it would be in the States in that um, uh, if, you, if you acknowledge their, their existence and, that they, and their habitat, which is mainly, um, you know, state forests and national parks, then you, you then have to look at all the logging and mining and tourism interests, which are billion-dollar industries that are connected to the habitat where these beings live. So um, my, my, my cynical brain would say that, yes, they're aware of it, but they'll lose too much money acknowledging their existence, uh, so they're never going to admit that they exist. You know, it could also be that because um, officially scientists officially don't recognise their existence either because we haven't got a body, uh, we, haven't got one, we haven't got one stuffed in a museum somewhere, um, that they won't admit that they exist until that happens as well. But I think there's, I think there's, I think it's more to do with financial interests, sadly. But yeah. So the answer to that question is yes. I definitely think there's a cover up. For what reasons exactly? I'm, I'm. They're my guesses. I mean, I've I've had that experience like here, like in Texas. I, we were researching in the area, and I'll just make this real quick. We were researching this one area. And when they found out we were researching and who we were, 
they they put uh like uh almost like a tracker like whenever like it was like a whenever you cross it it sends out a signal and like whenever mm-hmm. we we drove down this dirt road they like pulled up and they started asking us questions and I go hey what are you doing here and and like I used to get stopped by game wardens and park rangers all the time and at first I used to tell them yeah I'm 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 a Bigfoot researcher and after a while, you know, because at the time I was I was going to school and I had like a I had, I had like a student ID, and so I would tell them after a while I, was, I would just say, "Hey, I'm writing a paper on deer movement. I'm just doing that, and I'm doing soil samples." So I would just say that. <laughs> I would just yeah, say that. So, idea. so they would stop asking me questions because, like, they would hang out with us until we like left, and it was like, "Oh, come on, man." Yeah, <laughs> go away. <laughs> but, <laughs> Leave us alone. Um, yeah, we find we find the the, the boys. Um, up in Queensland, um, find that the rangers turn up if they know they're in the area. They 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 um and they and they put locks on gates or they change yeah. the locks and they they put game game cameras up there. Um, which but but it's only since that they've realised that the boys might be researching in a particular area. So. Um, yeah, the, 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 the rangers are onto it and, and various different people that I've spoken to have spoken to rangers directly and the rangers, the park rangers know about them too. Um, but they are, they are actively encouraged not to, the rangers are encouraged to discourage the public. Yeah. Yeah. I, I totally agree because I, I know I've, I've been in like in Native American land and I've, I've talked, I've talked to Native of American Bureau officers and I ask them questions and I, I say, Hey, uh, are we a quarter going? I say, Hey, you want to talk about a Bigfoot? And he says, turn that off and I'll, I'll like talk about it. So I turn it off because man, they're here all the time. Yes, yeah, <laughs> so, exactly. So, but no one wants to come on the record. No, there's lots no. of off the record talk for sure, but there's, there's, there aren't any public officials who are willing to go on the record, and, and in fact, you, you'll find though that most of the most of the the uh, rangers and police officers and all the people, but who are not in command, all the lower rung people, they're not authorised to speak to anyone about it. So, mm-hmm. um, but I I have heard um, from a couple of different sources now, not just the one source, but a couple of different ones corroborating the story that um, the military. It's in one of their handbooks that, that, that about when you when that, that Yowies exist and this is what they are and this is wow. where they're suspected <laughs> to be. Yeah, yeah. And I've heard that from two different people who didn't know each other, who were in the military. So that's um, crazy. That's super crazy. That's yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. But of course, they're not allowed to go on the record and say that. So I can't tell you who they were or <laughs> or anything or give you any details about. Yeah, them. Um, I mean, but that's two two different sources confirming the same thing. That is that is so funny. Yeah. Um, let me see here. Let me just ask this question. How does one find your podcast or your information? Okay, well, I'm, I'm in the process of building a website, but that's not ready yet. So uh, at the moment, you can find Yowie Central on wherever you find your podcast. So all the major platforms, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google, Amazon, Stitcher, etc. Um, they're all there. Um, working on a YouTube channel and some video content for the future, but that's not ready yet. So it's it's um, you'll also find Yowie Central stuff on Facebook on the Yowie Central Facebook group. It's a private group, so just request to join, and that's where I post links to the show and and any photos that that accompany the, the that maybe the witnesses given me to share. Um, 
I post those on, on the Facebook group um, after after the show. So if, if people are interested in seeing whatever photo that might go with that show, um, they can join the, the Yowie Central Facebook group. If anyone, I love hearing from people in the States. So if, if there are any any Bigfoot witnesses out there who, who'd like to come and share their story on an Australian show, uh, they're more than welcome to contact me as well. Um, my email is yowiecentral at gmail.com. Okay. yowiecentral at gmail.com. All right. Sarah, thank you so much for being on. I'm, I'm, I was like so nervous talking to you. So. Oh, I do. <laughs> thank you so much. It's an honor being asked. I'm, I'm, I'm always um, really thrilled when, when someone asks me to be on their show. It's really, it's, it's an honor. So thanks. Um, and no need to be nervous. Talking to me is just like talking to your friend and having a beer at the same time. Yeah, I mean, I feel like I know you already because I listen to your show so much. <laughs> you know, so I just feel like I, I go, oh, yeah, that's that's Sarah. So, I mean. <laughs> no, all, it's all, it's, yeah, all good. I, I, some, somebody said to me just the other day, um, she said, oh, God, it's really weird talking to you because I've heard your voice so many times and now now you're on the end of the phone. It's really strange. <laughs> <laughs> it sounds like you, but it's 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 um. It's strange hearing your voice for so long and then actually talking to you. <laughs> well, I really, really no. appreciate it. Thank you so much. Oh, thanks for asking me, Bob. It's lovely, been lovely talking to you. Um, now, once we got the time difference worked out. <laughs> yes, I know. I, that was so sorry on on my end. I was, I go. Oh Man. no, that, no, that that happens. I've I've had a few guests from the states on on my show and from the UK and trying to work out the time and make sure I don't stuff it up is yeah. challenging. So don't stress about it at all. I totally understood. Okay. <laughs> totally. And you'll have to come on. I'll, I'll have to, um, I'd love you to come on my show too. I, so we'll have to organize a time to, to catch up for Yowie Central. I would love that. I would love it. Cause I, for, from the sounds of it, you've got lots of interesting stories to tell as well. Yes, I do. I got so I have so many and like I, I, there's like, there's some that I haven't even talked on my own podcast, so. <laughs> so <laughs> right, we can get it. We can get an exclusive on so, Yowie Central. <laughs> you have a good night, and thank you so much. Oh, thanks, Rob. Lovely to talk to you. You have a good, well, good day. Oh, is it night time yet? No, it's, it's midnight here right now. It's midnight. <laughs> oh, mate, you need to go to bed. Good night. <laughs> <laughs> See you later. Bye.